Welcome to this week's Screen Side Up. This is Richard Henschel with the University of Illinois Extension Service, and I cover Kane, DuPage, and Kendall Counties as their horticulture educator. And this week I wanted to continue this whole discussion we started earlier in the month on um, uh, the home orchard and growing your own fruit out out back, uh, outside the kitchen window. And uh, I've kind of covered things about pollination and addressed uh, apple trees in particular. Uh, also talked about siting uh, the home orchard in terms of its best location in the yard, both for sun, for, for uh, good uh, photosynthesis, as well as uh, soil drainage. And I also talked about air drainage. Uh, those are three critical uh, three critical factors when we're talking about uh, uh, siting the orchard so that uh, you get the best established tree and you get the best uh, production possible. This week I wanted to talk about a little bit about uh, fruit trees and training our, our fruit trees. We hear that phrase often, and what does that mean? Um, well, it, it, it really... Uh, it, means what that we're trying to create a tree that has a structure that as it gets into production, full production, it will hold all the fruit on the tree without doing any structural damage to the tree. We've often seen as we drive through the country in old, old farmstead with a two by four or a two by six propping up one of the apple branches on an old, old orchard because it's one, the tree's that old, but two, um, the branch structure itself uh, is not able to support the fruit load uh, that Mother Nature created on it that year. Uh, the intent for us would be to create a tree that just automatically will take care of the fruit load uh, so we don't have to worry about propping it up. We don't have to worry about uh, the branch ripping out and breaking and losing all that productivity, uh, not to mention the, the, the damage it's done to the tree. So we have a variety of fruit tree um, uh, sizes, I guess, that we should uh, really talk about. We hear or see in the catalogs or at the garden centers uh, words like dwarf, semi-dwarf, uh, double dwarf, uh, standard. Well, the standard tree is uh, the the typical tree that you do see around the old uh, farmsteads. It's a rather large tree, 20 plus feet, 30 plus feet, and maybe that wide as well. So it's a very big tree. takes an enormous amount of time to try to manage it properly, uh, to get a decent crop of fruits off of it. Uh, and for most of us, we just don't have that kind of space in our yard. So we just kind of always, except for perhaps a, a, a couple different kinds of fruit trees, maybe maybe a sour cherry or a sweet cherry, we don't really talk about full-size trees, especially when it comes to, to apples. And then we move down in size to something we call a, a semi-dwarf, and that's a much more manageable tree for the home orchardist. It um, maybe is in the 15 by 15 kind of a size, uh, something that we can handle, something that we can train. Um, and the reason sometimes we don't go into the uh, double dwarfs is because to get a double dwarf, meaning you uh, maybe have a spur-type tree growing on a dwarfing rootstock, giving you, uh, a, you're doubling up on the dwarfness of the tree, that might make the smallest tree, but it's a tree that's going to need support its entire life. And most of us uh, 
uh, aren't going to dedicate ourselves to providing that support the entire life of the tree. It usually either means some sort of a uh, stabilizing trellis system or at a minimum a, a big stake in the ground literally to hold the tree up. The dwarfing rootstock itself is so is so weak in its habit that it literally cannot cannot uh, hold that tree up. So that's what we're talking about here. Um, so we usually stay away from the double dwarfs. The, a dwarf tree can be a spur-type tree, uh, and a spur-type tree is just a natural genetic um, uh, fluke of nature that uh, someone fortunately noticed, didn't think it was bad, and kept it, and then realized the benefits and uh, propagated it, and now we have several different varieties of, say, apple trees in particular that are spur-type uh, a spur-type tree, rather than growing the typical long length of growth every year, um, it, it creates these very short, stubby, pudgy little uh, branches, um, and onto each one of those. And then the spurs then uh, are where you are where you're going to find your um, your apple blossoms. So uh, essentially, it's a much uh, smaller tree to begin with, and then in terms of pruning and managing it and things like that. You just don't have as many growing points to have to prune because there aren't as many there because it is a spur-type tree. So that's usually uh, what we're after. Uh, the idea of, of, of um, training the tree then is to create the branches. And in the home orchard world, they're called scaffolds. You create the scaffold branches in an appro- at appropriate height, starting about 20 to 24 inches off the ground, and you give it another 15, 18 inches, and you create another set of scaffolds, and then one more set of scaffolds. And by the time you're done, your tree is somewhere around six or so feet tall. Um, and that's a tree that you can take care of without having to get on a ladder or a stool. Um, and it makes... Um, General other general things like pruning and, and such much easier. So the intent would be you create these scaffolds. Again, they are structured to hold the fruit load. You manage how long they get or how 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 uh, much the annual growth is or allowed by how you prune it, so that you have that uh, going for you. The other big benefit of training trees. Um, for a good structural scaffold setting is that uh, it really makes the ease of maintenance in terms of, say, if you're going to be spraying uh, for your foliage and fruits, it makes uh, spray treatments much easier. It makes inspection of your fruit trees much easier. You have, uh, you're always going to be on the lookout through integrated pest management practices, uh, what insects um, have begun to show up. Um, if you're on the lookout for apple scab or cedar, cedar apple rust as a disease, say in, a, in an apple, it might be a cherry leaf spot on a cherry, etc. you get the idea. Um, uh, that makes it very easy to get in close and kind of come, become personal with the tree, and you get the, uh, and, and you get the drop on those guys. Uh, for dwarf apple trees, for an example, uh, we use what's called the central leader system. Um, and that's, uh, it looks much more like a typical tree that we would have in our yard anyway. So it's a bit more attractive if you travel and do your pick your owns and get out to the local orchards in the fall of the year. Some of those fruit trees, um, aren't as, as attractive as you might want 
and and it's okay in a commercial orchard setting. That's exactly what they're supposed to look like. They're they're pruned to provide fruit. Uh, when we have them in our home orchard in the backyard, it might be a bit of a compromise. We still have a nice looking tree that gives us fruit, but it isn't uh, the absolutely high producer that you might find at say a commercial commercial orchard. So it's a little bit um, a little bit nicer perhaps to look at year round. The other idea about uh, uh, training your, your fruit trees is that you want to balance what we call the vegetative growth, the foliage, against the reproductive growth, the flowers and the fruits. And if we get this in balance, then we don't have a lot of excessive foliage to have to deal with every year, nor do we have um, excessive fruit loads either. So it's a very balanced setting, and that's what you're after. So the intent, again, here is really to balance the, the foliage against the fruits. Um, and we do that through early training, creating the scaffolds. And then as the tree begins, becomes uh, uh, more mature and begins to produce for us, then it's, a, then it's a, um, just the method or the, the maintenance part of it that allows that tree to grow several inches a year, but not excessively and still produce a, a great many fruits for us that we enjoy on the on the table, we preserve, we share with the neighbors. So that's the intent here of uh, training dwarf fruit trees. Well, this has been Richard Henschel with this week's Green Setup. It's a pleasure. I'll be back again with everybody next week.